So we're into the final week now of the Public Order Emergency Commission hearings into Ottawa's use of the Emergencies Act. So far, we've had uh, more than 60 witnesses testify, uh, ranging from everything from Ottawa residents to former chiefs of police to convoy organizers, now federal ministers. And you know what? To be honest, I thought this would be more of a circus than it's turned into. I'm surprised that, um, you know, I mean, there's been moments, and there were some today, um, but all in all, it's been a rather tame event. Now, emotions are running high in this final week. A lot of attention. The Prime Minister testifies Friday. Uh, and they got into it this morning. The lawyer representing the Freedom Convoy protesters was tossed from the hearing over interrupting Justice Paul Rouleau. Um, lawyer Brendan Miller repeatedly pushing for a member of Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino's staff to testify this morning and ignoring uh, the justice's instructions. Commission counsel has not completed her I, I understand, but sir, and your counsel's advised you that... Um, no, uh, I know you've directed you wanted the I'm application. I'm sorry, I'm speaking. Yes, sir. So they were speaking over each other. Ultimately, uh, Rolo ordered Miller to be uh, removed from the room. The lawyer did comply. So, uh, I mean... <sighs> That's about as tense as it's gotten over the past few weeks. There's been, you know, there's been some interesting moments. But let's speak now with uh, Aaron Woodrick, who is the director of the McDonald Laurie Institute's domestic policy program, and who's been watching this the proceedings very, very closely. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Shane. So you know, this it started well weeks ago now, and like I say, more than sixty different witnesses have testified, and. What what the focus of all of this ultimately what it comes down to is we're supposed to find out at the end of all this whether or not the government acted appropriately by invoking this act right that's what this is all about. Yeah, you know you you're, you've you summed it up well too, and this has been a sort of month that's been sort of a manna for legal nerds like myself. Um, but really, the whole purpose of this inquiry, the only reason we're having it, is because the Emergencies Act was invoked. This is a very unique law. It's arguably the most sort of um, draconian law in the books, right? It's designed to only be used in the most rarest circumstances, and because of that, it requires this type of inquiry so that we can sort of hear from all the parties, so we can hear what the rationale for it was. So that's the point. Here and the the real you know simple purpose of this inquiry is is to answer a simple question: Is did the government meet the legal test, which is included in the act itself, um, in order to use this test? The possibility is yes, they did, or no, they didn't. Um, people often ask me, well, what does it mean if there's a finding one way or the other? Not very much, um, but it will at least tell the public whether or not the government, in Mr. Justice Rouleau's uh, right. opinion, met the you know acted within the law or not. And ultimately, I mean that's. That's the thing, right? Whether or not we get that question answered, it will come down to the justice who's presiding over this. It's his say and his say alone. And I mean, are there consequences? What what kind of verdict are we are, are we heading towards? I guess is the question. Yeah, I mean, if you had to go based on, um, and different people are going to have different views on this, I find it's very hard for people to separate their sort of view of the convoy yes. with the legal test. I find that if people are sympathetic to the convoy, they sort of say, well, of course they didn't meet the test. And if people don't like the convoy, they say, well, of course the test was met. Mm-hmm. And I think based on the evidence up until this week, it was not looking very good for the government. You had, um, you know, various police forces. You had Commissioner Brenda Lucky from the RCMP. You had the CSIS director all saying that the 
test in the law was not met. Um, now you have, you know, at the end of last week, we heard the Prime Minister's National Security Advisor and now head of CISA say, well, you know what, the test is actually something else. It's not what it says in what's known as uh, Section 2 of the CSIS Act. So now there's this debate over what the test actually is. Um, I think, uh, Shay, the government still needs to explain why they're using a different test than the one that's actually in the Act. Um, but obviously we have ministers coming forward this week and hopefully they'll, they'll shed some more light on that. Has there been any standout moments? Like, did you say, oh, wait a minute, this was really enlightening, This we really learned a lot from here, or this was really dramatic? Has there been anything that sort of, over the past several weeks, that sort of broke through? Yeah, the biggest thing was definitely last week when the Prime Minister's National Security Advisor, Jody Thomas, um, basically argued that, um, yes, uh, you know, they didn't meet the test in the law, but um, her view was that the test should be broader than what's in the law. And that's a very interesting statement, right? Like uh, most lawyers will tell you, the laws have meaning, they have words included, um, they have definition sections, definitions explain what things mean. Um, sometimes those definitions are vague, right? Other times those definitions have a specific language included in them saying, and in this case, we were talking about threats to the security of Canada. That is a specific meaning in the act, uh, Shay. It, it's defined in there. It says it's it's assigned the meaning that Section 2 of the CSIS Act says. So it doesn't say Section 2 and other stuff right. or and other circumstances. It's, it's very clear. So that was the real eyebrow raiser to me was that the National Security Advisor is saying, you know what, we're actually going to use a different test than the one that the law says. Um, now, this week, uh, and we're hearing all kinds of reaction already, we've got all the federal ministers, I think seven federal ministers. I mean, is this sort of where mm-hmm. it, the whole thing is, it's a make or break moment for this entire inquiry? Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the government has to explain, um, you know, now that the groundwork's sort of been laid, like, what what evidence do they have that this was uh, more serious than, than some people? Again, going back, Shay, it's really hard, I find, that uh, people's views on this seem to be very heavily covered by whether they like the oh, for sure. or oppose the convoy. Totally. Um, so it's really, really hard to find people who are objective about this. But I, I think the point I make to people is it's entirely possible um, to dislike the convoy, but recognize that the test in this law wasn't met. I think a lot of people have to contemplate that fact. And, and to me, this is not really about the convoy or this government. It's, it's about the rule of law. It's about whether or not um, governments are bound by the law themselves. And I think uh, we unfortunately are in a time now where um, people tend to want the law applied harshly to people they don't like and very lightly to people they do like. And that applies to all sides of the political spectrum. And I think that's a very dangerous thing. We need to apply the law consistently all the time to our friends and our enemies, um, and if we get into this habit of saying, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna look the other way when it's people we like, and we're gonna bring down the hammer when, when it's people we don't. I think that's a very dangerous place for us to go as a society. I think you're so right, and I think that was sort of built in before this thing even started. And I I, I wonder in terms of I was anticipating some moments of absolute gong showness, like just mm-hmm. craziness as this proceedings went on. I don't think that's really happened. I, I haven't talked to anybody who's been watching this very closely because I think just as you say the fact that we already, you know, we we view this through such a political lens, the outcome is predetermined for a lot of people. They're, I don't know how closely Canadians are following this. Yeah, it's also very long, right? Yeah, I mean, it is. This is who has time to sit for, and it's twelve-hour days. They're, they packed a lot in here. That's partly because the act requires that Rulo has to report within one year of the day it being invoked, which is coming up in February. So they're in a real rush here. That's probably not doing this uh, process any justice. Um, but look, I, I don't know that no matter what Justice Rulo finds, it's going to change a lot of minds, right? Like there right. are going to be some people who say, you know what, I don't care what the judge says. Um, you know, I, I'm happy that they brought the hammer down and cleared them out. Or others are going to say, you know what, it doesn't matter. 
matter. I, I don't think it was justified. So I, I worry a bit about that. I, I hope a lot of people can step back and realize there's a lot more at stake here than this one incident. Um, if, if I always say to people, if you're happy to look the other way when people you like are using an extreme power, imagine someday someone you don't like holding that power. Are you going to yeah. be comfortable with them waving it around based on the last precedent? Um, the Prime Minister on Friday, of course, that is going to be, uh, if there's a headliner uh, and uh, we're building to something, that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, something interesting that came up today that I think is going to be further explored is that the Minister Mendicino, uh, Public Safety Minister now, um, he said today that uh, talking with the protesters was never off the table. And I think that's something that's new. I think that uh, ministers and the Prime Minister had implied back in February that, you know, they weren't, gonna, they weren't going to um, meet with these protesters. So I think that's something the Prime Minister needs to be asked is that, you know, did they sort of go into this sort of starting off the bat saying we're never going to even talk to these people? Or, or was that a line? they used that shift over time i think that's an important question because i think that's something that for a lot of people is if this could have been resolved by just talking um was that was that something that should have been on the table um and finally uh aaron in terms of what happens once the testimony wraps up what's the timeline and if we just get a simple yes no from uh the justice i mean how does this play out what's the next step in this process like you say it's all it's all written down right yeah, um, he's going to have to report by the anniversary of the use of the act. So mid-February, he has to put out a final report. He's going to make a finding one way or another. I think he's going to have to say whether he thinks the test was met or not. How um, you know how long his reasoning is on that is 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 anybody's guess. But I think he he recognizes it, it, it would be a real cop out to say, well, you know what, I don't I don't know. The whole purpose of this inquiry is to reach a conclusion, and I think the justice is going to reach one either way. All right. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for your insight. I appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, thanks a lot, Shane. That is Aaron Woodrick, director of the McDonald laurier Institute's Domestic Policy Program. And he's right. You know, I mean, ultimately, depending on how you feel about the convoy, and in a lot of ways, how you feel about Justin Trudeau, um, it, the, the outcome of this is predetermined, right? I mean, we just we just talked about it with mask mandates. It's very similar um, in, in terms of this. Personally, I don't I don't know. Uh, I I never did support the Emergencies Act being brought in. I thought if the Ottawa police had done their job the way Windsor police had done their job, none of this would have happened. Uh, I think it was just a failure in policing. But um, we'll see. The testimony continues leading up to the Prime Minister on Friday, which I think will be a very closely watched moment. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.